Let us continue our worship um, in the Word of God. Turn with me to John chapter 3, verses 3 through 8. John 3, 3 through 8. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We are learning what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ in the end of the last days. Surely we are living in the end of the last days. And I believe we have to prepare for the last things to come as we studied for the last few weeks. We studied about the last things, the return of the king, the day of judgment, the punishment of hell, and also reward of heaven. And knowing where we are at now, knowing that we need to prepare, I think two things we must consider as a church for such preparation. First, we must keep building up the most holy faith, that we need to be faithful in our relationship with God, and that we need to grow in Christ, and we need to know Christ even more in this life. Secondly, also, we must produce true believers in Christ through effective evangelism. We are to share the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ to the people. We need to share the gospel. We need to lead people to Christ. And as we know and study the last things, we know that time is urgent. There's a sense of urgency. People are heading toward the punishment of hell. We are all in danger of hell. Without the gospel, without Jesus Christ, we are in trouble. But because we have Jesus, we have the gospel, the good news, The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe. And we need to share the gospel and spread the gospel, preach the gospel as we live out the gospel. Amen. Now, for the effective evangelism, I think we need to answer this fundamental question. How do we become Christian? How can one enter to the kingdom of God? The reason I want us to carefully think and answer this question is that many so-called Christians today, including ourselves perhaps, we struggle and live defeated, even compromised Christian life. Why? I'm sure there are many factors, but we might want to start with the beginning. Again, we really need to share the gospel, do the gospel ministry. How can we do effective evangelism? In order for us to do that, we need to understand how it all began. 
Meaning, how was their birth into Christian life? How was our birth, new birth into Christian life? You know why? The birth affects life. I know that some of our members uh, had babies, and also some of our members are pre- preparing, one of our members are preparing for a new baby to come. But we know the birth affects life. Bad birth produces a sickly baby, even in the physical realm. Then how much more in the spiritual realm as we are trying to help someone to give birth into a Christian life, the way we begin affects the entire Christian life. So I was thinking about why do we so struggle so much? Why are we producing weak Christians as a church in general? Not just our church, I'm talking about whole church. Is it because temptation is so strong? Is it that the, the days are so wicked? Yeah, part of it. But how was our birth from the very beginning? Was it really healthy birth into a new Christian life? Or was it bad birth that the something is not working right? So as I was thinking about what it means to do effective evangelism in this days of the last days, I was asking that question. How are we doing helping people to be born again? Are we leading people to become true believers? Those are the questions I think we need to ask. Because I believe when we understand clearly the process of regeneration in Christ, we can help people to experience powerful new birth in Christ that will affect their entire Christian life to come. At the same time, as we study this, not only we can help others to become true, to become true believers, we can also examine our own faith. Do we really have faith? How was our the birth, new birth to Christ? How do, are we born again, truly? These are the questions I think we need to ask. I think as a Christian, we should ask this so that we will be able to understand. Are we truly believers? Can we produce the true believers in Christ as a result? These are the very serious, very, but yet very fundamental questions I would like to ask and also answer together as we look into the Scripture. Therefore, a few, a few, a few weeks, for the next few weeks, for the next few, we will study how to enter the kingdom of God, meaning how to become born again. Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now the question to all of us, what does it mean to be born again? Did you ever think about this very carefully? We say, oh, your Holy Spirit regenerates our new spirit in us. That's what we think. And that, yes, it is true. But Jesus said we need to be born again of the water and the spirit. The spirit part we usually think and we understand. But do you know what it means to be born of the water? Do we know clearly what it means to be Christian? So I think, yes, we are looking at this and and, and, and trying to answer this question for the effective evangelism, but at the same time, I want us to examine our, new, our birth. Think about your faith, your beginning as well. Do we clearly leading people in the right way of a new birth? Are we explaining, communicating clearly? 
As I was pondering about the way we are evangelizing and leading people to Christ, also how I became Christian, sometime in the back, in the past, I realized that many Christians are leading people to Christ without using the New Testament language. And I, am, I was one of them. Instead, we use the whole a lot of euphemism, I think. For example, we talk about people making a decision for Christ. We talk about making a commitment to Christ, right? That's how we lead people to Christ. We talk about opening their hearts to Jesus, right? We talk about receiving Jesus Christ into our hearts. And I have used this euphemism when I was leading many people to Christ. Not necessarily it's wrong. It's not wrong. I mean, I'm not saying it is wrong. But interestingly, this kind of language of conversion was not in the New Testament. Did you know? What happened to all these words that we use, the terminology that we use to lead people to Christ? It's all kind of made up by us, the modern-day Christians. These are the language, these are the language that the New Testament believers, the very first apostles and Christians, did not use that to lead people to Christ, to be born again. Are we clearly communicating then the way to be born again? That's a very serious question, I think. Because we need to evangelize, yes. We need to share the gospel, yes. We need to help people to enter into the kingdom of God. The time is near. The end things are coming. The last things are coming. We study that. Now, how are we going to really help others to enter the kingdom of God? This is the time of urgency. Now, are we communicating clearly the way to be born again? That is why I kind of wanted to start this series we need to go back to the New Testament, don't you think? For evaluating the way we understand the new birth in Christ, what it means to be born again, and also how to present the gospel so that people can come and enter into the kingdom of God to be born again. We need to go, always go back to the Bible whenever we are confused, whenever we want to evaluate. Always go back to the Bible. Don't go back to the theologians or preachers. Go back to the Bible. And we need to accept what it says and learn what the first Christians did for evangelism in the Bible. Are we clear? Is it fair? One preacher said this, and I think it is so, so important for us to remember. We need to go back to the New Testament language so that we will have the New Testament thinking. About, especially about new birth. We need to go back to the Bible and really think about the language that we are using that will affect our thinking. You're thinking about evangelism. You're thinking about your own faith. You're thinking about your birth in Christ Jesus. We need to go back to the New Testament language and listen. Now, you might ask then, how can we start? Where do we go? Well, perhaps we need to go back to the four Gospels. Surprisingly, I tell you, I don't think you will find the full Christian initiation to new birth in the four Gospels. Then you might say, what? Yeah. Let me explain. 
The four Gospels cover transitional period of period from Jewish time to Christian time. Meaning, you cannot find out how to become a Christian from the gospel. See, full Christian initiation was not possible during the four gospel time. When you, you know why? First of all, Jesus was not crucified, nor resurrected and glorified yet, right? In the gospel, he talks about the ministry of Jesus, but until the very end, we don't know that he was crucified, resurrected, glorified. That's the end of the gospel. So people were believing in Jesus during the time of Jesus as, he, as, a, as the Messiah, but not yet they knew that Jesus was the one who is in the right hand of God. Right? So their knowledge of Jesus was very limited. They were putting their faith in Christ, yes, as a Messiah who is walking on the earth, but they did not know yet that he was, in fact, the atoning sacrifice, in fact, the who will be resurrected, in fact, who will be in the right hand of God. What about the baptism? Baptism in the gospel could not be the Christian baptism. And you might say, well, how is it possible? Well, the look at the baptism of the John the Baptist. It was not the baptism of the Christian birth. It was actually the baptism of what? Repentance. John the Baptist was saying to the world, hey, repent, the time has come. Be baptized, meaning baptized, be cleansed. By the way, the baptism, the practice of baptism in the ancient time was a very common thing. Every time you go to the temple, you actually wash yourself, you merge yourself into the water, and you go as a symbol of being cleansing. So not necessarily the gospel, the baptism in the gospel was the Christian baptism. As a matter of fact, if you look at Acts chapter 19, later, those who were baptized by the John the Baptist, they actually believed in Jesus Christ. And then when Paul visited them, Paul said, hey, were you baptized in the Holy Spirit? They said, not yet. Well, let me baptize you once again. Because your baptism by the John the Baptist was not the Christian baptism. Let me baptize you in the name of Christ, and you need to receive the Spirit. And also, not only the baptism, not only the Jesus Christ, believing in Jesus Christ was not complete yet, well, no one received the Holy Spirit during the time of the gospel. You can only receive the Holy Spirit until Jesus was glorified, Right? That's why Jesus said after the resurrection, before, he, before the ascension, he said to the disciples, hey, wait and make sure you receive the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will not be available until I lift it high and glorify it. So, gospel are too early for our study on how to become a born-again Christian. So if you want to study evangelism, the gospel is not if you want to study who Jesus is, yes, the gospel is very important. And it's the way to go. But if you want to learn how to evangelize, lead people, gospel will not be the complete, will not provide you a complete picture of it. Now, what about epistles? Well, epistles, I think it is too late for our study as they were written for the born-again believers. They don't really explain how to become a Christian in the epistles because assumption is you are already born-again Christians, therefore I'm writing these things to you. 
They do mention about our faith and how we became Christians time to time. But many times in the epistles, they don't talk about the process of becoming a Christian. Because they already assume you are already Christians. Right? So we cannot go to the gospel for the effective evangelism or to understand the process of being born again. We cannot really go to the epistles as well for the depth study. So if you want to study the process of being born again, how one becoming a Christian, we need to look at the, Bible, the, the, book, of the book of Acts. That is why this book of Acts is very, very important. It connects the gospel and epistles. You understand? Very important book it is. It tells us what the gospel, the the apostles preached in the early church. It talks about how people responded to the gospel, how they became Christian. It talks about that. We can clearly see how we become Christians as we study the book of Acts and how they evangelized, how they helped other people to know who Jesus was and be baptized and to be part of the kingdom work of God, be the part of the kingdom family of God. It teaches us that. Particularly, we need to look at any account that is full, full in detail how be people became Christians in the book of Acts. If you want to know what it means to be born again, what it means to become Christian, they will help us to do the effective evangelism or they will help us to evaluate our own faith. And particularly Acts chapter 8 and verse 19, you can go, I'm not, I don't have time to read that today. I want you to go home today and read that passage. Chapter 8, chapter 19 especially. Then you can see clearly how Peter and John and Paul led people to a new birth in detail. Peter, John, and Paul. Well, if you study that, there are four clear steps the people took to experience the new birth in Jesus Christ. And I hope you did that too. If you call yourself Christian, are you born again? Look at these four steps. First steps is, first you need to repent of your sins toward God. This is the first step. No wonder Gospel preachers in the early church did not start with, oh, feel good about God loves you. No, it starts with what? Repent, the kingdom of God is near. Right? Repent of your sins toward God. Second step is to believe then in the Lord Jesus Christ who loves you, who give you grace upon you if you come and repent. Believe in who? Particularly in Christ Jesus. And the third step is, after that, what? They always say, be baptized in water. I'm not talking about, is it sprinkling? Is it immersion? That's not the point. point is, you need to be baptized in water. So baptism is a very powerful part of the process of born again. That's why you are commanded to be baptized if you become a Christian. Now, fourth step Final, but the most powerful step is this. We need, they need, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about this probably in the last message of this series. But you will find very 
interesting and alarming at the same time, very important things in the Bible. And we can examine if we receive the Holy Spirit or not, and how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that. But the four steps together, they made up what the New Testament understands by being born again. Now, examine yourself too. Are you born again? At the same time, are you leading people in the right way to be born again? Please note that the rest of the book of Acts, Luke does not mention all four steps every time when somebody is being converted or regenerated. He usually highlights one or other of three of uh, uh, these four things depending on what was the most striking feature on that occasion. For example, there was one occasion, 3,000 people were baptized at one time, and there was a crazy, amazing thing, right? So he writes about that, but he doesn't really mention they actually repented or they went through that process. Then he just points it out, oh, they were baptized, 3,000 people, wow, striking, amazing. Sometimes he mentions the baptisms. Baptism is the most striking features. Sometimes their faith. Oh, they believed, and the whole household was saved. He mentions that. Sometimes the reception of the Holy Spirit. Actually, if you look at the Cornelius, the first official Gentile Christian, I say that, he was not Jew, but he was a God-fearing Gentile. And literally, God, Jesus, appeared to Peter to go to see Cornelius. And preach the gospel. And we know the story, some of you. Hey, go back to the book of Acts. It's a very fascinating story. But basically, when Peter was sent and when he was preaching to this Gentile, God-fearing Jew, Gentile, God-fearing Gentiles, guess what? They received the Holy Spirit. They're starting to pray in tongue just like them. They were starting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he was so astonished that even upon the Gentile, the Holy Spirit comes. And Peter was sharing with the Jews, Jewish believers. Say, hey, not only we, the gospel is for us, it's actually for the whole world. Even the Gentile received the Holy Spirit just like us. But he does not mention if Cornelius was repented or baptized, nothing like that. But he mentions that. Why? That was a striking feature future. You understand? So he doesn't always talk about the four steps, but if you put all the accounts together, there are no exception on these four steps. This is how people became Christians in the early church. And I believe this is how we become Christians in today's world. For how? They repented of their sins to God, right? That was the first step. They repented of their past, their sins. Second, they believed in who? In the person of Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. The third one was they were baptized. So there's no, I don't think the Christian said, I'm still Christian, but I don't want to be baptized. You do not understand what it means to be born again. These are the features of how they became Christian, how they were born again. They were baptized in what? In water. And lastly, they received the Holy Spirit. Not necessarily these four, four steps comes right away 
but it comes in your Christian walk, and this is the process of being born again. But I want you to notice this very important thing. One of the most striking things you can notice about this process is this. They began Christian life in a personal relationship with God with three persons in the Godhead. From the very beginning, right? They repented their sins to who? To God the Father. And they received, they believed in who? The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son, right? And they were baptized in water. After that, they received what? Who? They received who? Holy Spirit. From the very beginning, those trinity was mentioned. Three persons of God was mentioned. Very important, I think, in terms of how we evangelize. One, and whereas to the many Christians today, we start their Christian life with no relationship with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, they don't mention too much about the Holy Spirit. Right? Think about how you were led to Christ. How I was led, I was not, I knew that when you say, I, when you believe in Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit will come into your heart. Yes, that I understood, but not really clearly. Later on, as I was building a relationship with Christ, I see how the working of the Holy Spirit was happening in my life. But from the very beginning, they were very clear the way they were communicating to people. I think this is a very important, okay? Sometimes, nowadays, we have to wait for, to understand what it means to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. By the way, Holy Spirit is a third person of Christ, a person of God who lives in within us. But we should introduce people from the very beginning, all those three persons in the Trinity, in Godhead. Amen? Very important, I think. Repent to the Father, meaning repent. You have sinned against God. I will talk about what it means to repent. And I've been teaching this, yes, but I will, we'll get into that again. What does it mean to repent to the Father God of our sins? Also, secondly, we need to believe in who? In Jesus Christ. No one else. Particularly, he said, do we, where are we called, do we believe in, in the Holy Spirit? No, we said, you need to believe in the person of who? Jesus Christ. It has to be very clear. And... Did he say, receive who? Receive the Holy Spirit. That was the language of the New Testament. But what do we do today, nowadays, when we evangelize? Or how you were introduced to be born again? One of the reasons that we don't do this is because maybe we now tell people to receive who? Jesus. We say, receive Jesus. He is going to be your Lord, your God. Yes, Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. So receiving Jesus means receiving Holy Spirit. We know that, and it is not wrong to say that. But I will tell you this. The apostles in the New Testament never said that. Never tell people to receive Jesus. They say, believe in the, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus. And they always say, you must receive what? Holy Spirit. Spirit. Maybe that is why, this is a reason why, a lot of Christians, new birth Christians, don't understand the role and the power and the person of the Holy Spirit that much. 
Because that's what they are told. They say, just believe in Jesus. We don't even say God the Father too much. We say, hey, believe in Jesus Christ, then you'll be saved. And that's it. Of course, later on, we learn about who the Father is and who the Holy Spirit is. But from the very beginning of their birth, they don't understand. They don't have that. Even you don't have to understand, but at least you need to know the three persons of God. Whole God, God is working in the person's life. But I'll tell you this, as soon as we tell people to receive Jesus, we unintentionally, unintentionally ignore the third, three, uh, third person of Trinity. New Testament language was very clear. Receive, not Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Right? Again, I'm just giving you my observation. And I think this is very, very important. We need to clearly communicate the gospel. Now, in the New Testament, a person became a Christian by what? At the end, receiving the Holy Spirit, not Jesus. Believe in the Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit. Then you become born again. My question to all of us, do you you receive the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in the person of Jesus? Do you repent? Were you baptized? These are the questions we need to ask. Correct? Again, are we born again? How are we born again? These are the questions. Examine our faith. Now, in the New Testament, from the very beginning, they got all three persons in the Godhead in their conscious relationship with God. Interesting, isn't it? Isn't this something to think about when we present the gospel? Right? When we baptize people in the name of Jesus and the Son and the Holy and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Is it something that we need to really pray for to receive the Holy Spirit? Right? The way that we introduce the gospel, way that we share the gospel, way that we understand God, way that we believe we need to be very clear because it will affect entire Christian life how you understand God in the beginning amen now know these four steps we can go back to the gospel and discover all four were anticipated in the gospel I said it was too early for us to look at the evangelism right There was no really full Christian initiation in the gospel. However, you can see that these four steps were anticipated. Well, the John the Baptist said, repent. The kingdom of God is near, right? He said, repent and believe in the one who is coming after him. He's greater than I, remember he said? And he said, you need to be baptized in water. And then he said, one coming after him would give the Holy Spirit, will baptize you in the, Holy, in, in the Spirit. He said that. He was not doing that yet because he did not know who he was. He was waiting. John the Baptist, so John the Baptist was pointing forward to these four patterns, four steps, right? Clearly. What about Jesus? Jesus spoke about all four things in his ministry, but he never put them together though. We don't see that. One point, he was talking about the repentance. You need to repent. One point, he said, you need to believe in me. Right? 
I'm the way and the truth and the life. Believe in the Son. Believe in me. One point he talks about the baptism. You need to be baptized to be with me, to baptize in my name. One day he said also he will send the Holy Spirit. So he's been mentioning this in his teachings, in his ministry, but he never put it together as a step. Furthermore, he told his disciples to what? Preach repentance to the nations, remember? This is how you preach the gospel. Preach repentance to the nations. Look at Mark, book of Mark. Also, preach the gospel to believe in me, Jesus said, right? Preach the gospel so that they can believe in me. And then what? Make sure you baptize him in water in the name of the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father, and the whole Son, and the Holy Spirit. And guess what? He told them to what? Wait and receive the Holy Spirit. This was right after the resurrection, before the ascension, when he was spending time with, with his disciples and teaching them the last things before he went. Before he launched this ministry of the, of the church, he said, make sure, you re- make sure you preach and teach people to repent. Make sure they believe in me. Baptizing them in water in the name of of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And also make sure you wait for the Holy Spirit to come and to receive it. That's why all the disciples, they were really making sure people were receiving the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about this later when we talk about receiving the Holy Spirit part. And you will see amazing things, examples in the book of Acts. But so you notice these four steps are in the gospel, but never put together. But, or it never had the full meaning yet. That was clarified later on in the book of Acts when they are practicing this in their ministry. Now, furthermore, in the epistles, all four are found there, but not together. Paul actually mentions sometimes, don't you remember the repentance that you, you have committed into? Don't you remember that you have received the Holy Spirit by faith, not the works of the law? And I tell you, all four things are scattered in the epistles as well. So these four steps of initiation of being born again are articulated in the book of Acts, anticipated in the gospel, and assumed in the book of epistles. So I want you to clearly understand these four steps are very vital for us to understand to know what it means to be born again. In today's Christianity, it is interesting to see different sectors of church have emphasized one of these four in their understanding of being born again and practiced. Like some churches, they emphasize in what? Repentance. Change your attitude. That's what Christianity is about. Change your way of life. Change your way of thinking. Change the system. Even they, some sectors go to that far. Focusing on the social level, not the individual level. Right? So a lot of liberal Christians, they focusing on repentance. That's what Christianity is all about. Changing your ways. Changing your attitude. But if you just emphasize on that, 
To become a Christian, you need to repent and change your attitude. You are the one who's changing yourself to be a Christian. So we will have really a problems what it means to be born again. Some sectors, especially evangelicals, what do we do? We focus on what? Faith, right? You're saved by faith. You need to believe in order to be saved, right? Everything about faith, justified by faith. Faith, believe. Some sectors, some churches, they focus sacramental. Sacramentals, they focus on what? what? Baptism. Right? Some churches, they're focusing on baptism. Make sure you're baptized. Once you're baptized, you're set. So that's good. They go. So christening is a very, very big part of, right? That's their sheer focus. Baptism, very important. Some sectors, like Pentecostals, for instance, they're focusing on the Holy Spirit. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. Make sure you do. As a matter of fact, initial evidence of being born again is receiving the gift from the Holy Spirit. If you don't have any gifts, especially gift of tongue, guess what? You are not Christian yet. They go that far. What's going on here? Well, they are in a way right, but I believe if you're just focusing on one thing, you are partially being right. Right? You're just focusing on not the whole truth, just one part of the truth. And it can cause problems understanding what it means to be a Christian or to be born again. I think we need to what? Accept the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Amen? Whole truth as it is. It's a package. The whole thing. It is not the whole truth that repentance makes you a Christian. Just because you repent, it does not mean that you're a Christian. That doesn't mean that you're born again. I'll tell you again. Right? I'm sorry, God. I repent of my, my sin. Does that make you Christian? No. It is not the whole truth that faith makes you a Christian. Oh, I believe in you. If you just say that. It's not the whole truth that baptism makes you a Christian. Definitely just baptism does not going to make you a Christian. Just because you're baptized, you're a Christian, you're born again. Think again. It's not the whole truth that receiving the Holy Spirit makes you a Christian. Oh, I have an experience with the Holy Spirit there. I must be a Christian or born again. It's all four are necessary to enter the kingdom of God. That's what it means to be born again. Again, that's what the Bible says. I hope that you understand and you're with me on this, understanding this. Now, of course, of the four, I believe... Faith is the most important, right? And it is the one that receives the greatest emphasis. And why? Because it's the most important. Why? Think about it. Without faith, I don't think you will repent. (laughs) Without believing God, can you really repent? Of course not. What about the baptism? Essence of baptism is faith that you bring. That's why Colossians 2 says, baptism can do nothing for you unless you bring faith. Without faith, you cannot be baptized, truly, and experience the power of baptism, washing away your past and starting anew. Paul said, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? By faith. Without faith, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. So I understand the faith is the most vital. 
Right? It kind of brings all together. It's the key to these four steps. To be born again, you need faith. Through faith, you are what? Activated into a new birth, initiated into a new birth. That through faith, you'll be able to what? To repent, recognize and realize, oh, I'm a other sinners who are in need of Christ, in need of Savior. And through faith, you'll be able to understand, oh, you know what? The whole, that Jesus is the person that I need to put my trust and faith. Now, through faith, I will go and be baptized. And by faith, I receive the Holy Spirit because I believe in Him. Right? That is why we are saved by faith. But clarify, we are saved by faith that repents. We are saved by faith that believes in Jesus Christ. We are saved by faith that, that leads us into the baptism. We are saved by faith that enables us to receive the Holy Spirit. We have to understand the whole thing. Amen. So notice this, my brothers and sisters. Born again, regeneration is a process of the number of stages which needs to be completed, not an instantaneous event. Just like the salvation, being born again does not mean, oh, as soon as I say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ, I'm just being born again. No. The repentance leads to what? Faith in Jesus Christ and what? Being baptized and receiving the Holy Spirit. It can happen in a certain period of time. It can happen maybe very short period of time. It can happen in a long period of time. But I tell you, the whole thing is what it means to be born again. A lot of times we understand this process, not as a process, as a one event. Just like many of us understand salvation is as a one instantaneous event. And I've been telling you that that is not true. Salvation is a process. That we are being saved even now to be more like Christ. Right? We are saved from sin and death and we are saved toward the promised land, meaning toward the heaven. And we are also being saved for the kingdom work now for the sanctifications. So that, that, that we have to understand that, the justification, sanctification, glorification, there's a process of salvation. Even born again is also is a process. Did you ever think that? I think none of us really thought of that deeply about it. Just like a physical birth, my brothers and sisters. Isn't it true that little babies, to, to baby to be born, there's a process. Just because of the conception, life begins. We understand that. And then, that's it? It comes out right away? No, it takes, what, nine months. There's a process. It, 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 development, right? And finally, it comes out, right? And then the cords, umbilical cord has to be cut it symbolizes what? Repentance. You have to what? Cut off all the old days things, right? And what do you do? You wash them. Like a baptism with the water. Any remaining of all the old things need to be washed away. And then what do they do? They initiate. They breathe in. They, they lay hands or they, they hit the baby or whatever they do to wake them up and they breathe in. Receiving the Holy Spirit. You see the analogy here? It's a new birth. is a process. 
born, being born again is a process too. So I was thinking about my own life and how I became a Christian. It was a process. It was not just one-time thing. Just because I repented, just because I believed in Jesus Christ and automatically, no. I was born again, like instantaneously. No, you took time. I understand what it means, who God was. And you repent. And as I repent, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I did, I received, I I, I believed in Jesus. And as I did, I was baptized into the church. Well, I confirmed, by the way, I was was infinitely baptized. But I was confirmed my faith again. And then as I did that, I also received the Holy Spirit. And it's a process. Now, what does it mean then? How do we understand this? It can happen right away. In a very short period of time, it can happen. Some people might take a little bit longer time. We don't know. But what, how are we going to share the gospel? And how are we going to lead people to Christ? I think we need to clearly communicate. Amen? At the same time, evaluate your life, your faith. How did you believe? What about you? Did you repent of your sins? Did you believe in the name of Jesus, in the the Lord Jesus Christ? Did you get baptized? Some members back in the days, he was refusing to get baptized. I don't like to be part of a church and kind of get into it and tie to it. Long time, he he had a trouble understanding. But you need to be baptized. It was commended. For us to do so. But at the same time, did you also receive the Holy Spirit? Yes, Holy Spirit comes into you as you believe in and as you pray and ask. He comes and He lives with you and He dwells within you and He'll be with you forever as a guaranteed deposit of salvations to complete. These are the questions I believe we need to ask, not just for the evangelism, but also for our building up of holy faith. Amen? It is my prayer and challenge all of you to really give your life to God, believing in the Lord Jesus, receiving the Holy Spirit as you repent and be baptized. We have to clearly understand the word and we need to respond to it accordingly. Amen? Let's pray. I hope, I pray, I should say, I pray that things will be clarified as we look into the scripture more closely. And by God's grace, we are born again. Some of you are. Some of you are still walking in that process. Take heart. The Lord is with you from the very beginning to the end. Take heart. The Lord is the one who is saving you. We know Jesus is with us, and he's the one who's saving you. He's the one who is helping you to believe and take the step of faith toward the being born again, for, toward the regeneration of your heart and your life and your soul. So take courage, but let us come before the Lord by faith and ask God, Lord, we repent of our sin. Lord, we believe in you. 
Lord, we want to be baptized. Lord, we also want for you to come in. So for those who are walking right now or searching for God, I strongly recommend you to continue on in your journey and seek God. And he will meet you where you are and he will save you for his glory. And for those of who are born again already, let us continue to worship and honor him out of thankfulness and gratitude. And let us continue to communicate clearly and help others to come into the, enter into the kingdom of God together. Let's pray.